Hello there, this is Dwayne McCurry, the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible, and this week I'm being joined by Drew Dixon. Drew gives leadership to the student Explore the Bible, so we're excited to have you with us today, Drew. Thanks for being here with us. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to talk about the Bible, as always. (laughs) (laughs) Today we're looking at our second session in our study of Romans. We're going to be looking at Romans 1, 18 through 28, and verse 32. It deals with the theme of this particular part of the of Romans is about the guilt of the Gentiles. The way our, our outline has broken it down is broken it down into four different areas. Uh, first, one, first of all is revealed in nature. And in Romans 1, 18 through 20, Paul points out uh, about God's self-revelation in his creation as the reason that no one is without excuse for their sin. Humanity suppresses the truth of God rather than accepting it and acting on it. In the verses that follow that, verses 21 through 23, Paul points out that the truth is replaced by nonsense. He explains that instead of honoring God, humanity turns to nonsense and foolishness. The darkening of the human mind took place as a result of this rejection of God, and humans made idols to take place, excuse me, to replace the eternal God. In the verses that follow that, verses 24 through 28, we discover that we've been delivered over to those, that darkness. He characterized man's sinful humanity, or sinfulness as, being, uh, as being our being delivered over by God to the raw desire, desires, which leads to degradation of all our relationships. And instead of worshiping the Creator, we worship created things. That brings us to the conclusion, which is in verse 32 of chapter 1, is that Paul emphasized that people who reject God face judgment and deserve death. Those who reject God will eventually applaud that which is evil. So that outline is that it's revealed in nature, verses 18 through 20 of chapter 1. It's replaced by nonsense, 21 through 23, delivered over in verses 24 through 28, and then verse 32 is deserving death. A lot of different issues that are in this particular passage. So, Drew, let's just jump right in here. Uh, Let's talk about general revelation. How can we help our groups understand the idea of general revelation? Hmm. I think this is one that's uh, actually, I hate to say this because someone's going to find it hard, but I think it's kind of easy to teach because everybody has a general sense of this, I think. If you went on your group and said, like, have you – experienced God in nature, for instance, like walking outside this week, most people would say, yeah, or, or at least there's an awareness of the some hand. cause and effect kind of thing. Yeah. The, the hand of God in, in the created order or in their children. Like if you have group members who have kids, they see, um, God's beauty, God's goodness in creation. And so that's well, when we say general revelation, we mean outside of, uh, of scripture and the, in the world and the, in the world God's created. Right. Um, we're seeing God's hand, his fingerprint, and all those things. And that's a big theme in the Old Testament too, right? The heavens declare the glory of mm-hmm. God. Um, and that that's meaning the sky, the the stars, the the, the celestial heavens, as it were. Yeah. Isaiah so, even asked that question to the people of, of Israel. Haven't you even thought about it? I mean, you mm-hmm. look at the skies. The stars, haven't you even considered that maybe there's something yeah. behind all mm-hmm. this? Yeah, and, and it's kind of the same thing that, God uh, questions Job with at the end of uh, mm-hmm. the book of Job. Yeah. God's like, did you stretch out the, the heavens? You know, did you put the stars in place? Did you, um, you know, did you count the number of hairs on, on, on our heads? Those sorts of things. Yeah. So, 
What are some ways that people exchange the truth for a lie? That's a big idea here in this passage is that you've exchanged the truth for a lie. Now, there's some obvious ways, but how can Mm -hmm. we move beyond the obvious with our group? Yeah, yeah, well, I think, um, you know, this is really important for us to dig down into because there's probably few people in your group, if you're listening to this, who actually bow down to statues of some kind. I mean, you may have somebody in your group who's from like a, you know, Buddhist or Taoist background or something like that, but it's probably rare. But what we do often do in our culture today is bow down to self, I think, bow down to, um, you know, we put ourselves in the throne instead of God. So like when you get home from work and you're so tired from work that y- and you and you think, I need my family to to be in line. <laughs> like yeah. I need them to sort of let me have some some space and some rest. And when and when your kids come up to you demanding that you play with them and you get and you get frustrated and blow them off, like you're putting yourself on the throne. I mean, that's, sort of the, that's sort of an example of exchanging the truth of God for a lie. Like you've 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 worshipped yourself, or you've or, or you've worshipped this idea of you deserving comfort and 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 space uh, over and above. Um, over and above God in that moment. Well, you hear it too in someone in worship service. I didn't get anything out of that. Mm, yeah, when that's what they're good. really saying, it's about me and not mm-hmm. about me participating in an experience where I offer myself to God. Yeah, and also to one another. You know, yeah. like we go to church to, to worship God, but also we go there to serve each other and help each other seek 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 after Christ. Um, and so that sort of yeah, I hear that a lot too, and and it actually betrays this idea that you know it's. I, I'm here, so you need to give me what I need. Yeah. Give me what I want, you know. Obviously, there are people who may be in our groups who may be doing some of the things that are described in this passage. Mm-hmm. How can we share this passage in a way that's a, that's sensitive? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I want to say without offending them or not, but should we even worry about offending them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we deal with that as teachers? Yeah, I mean, I think it's helpful to to put yourself on the hot seat, too. I mean, if you read Paul's list of examples of ways we've exchanged the truth of God for a lie, like nobody in our group is off the hook, right? (laughs) (laughs) Disobedient to parents, um, slanderers, God-haters, disobedient. I mean, some of these sound heavier than others, but uh, unmerciful. You know, if you've ever failed to show mercy to someone that 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 needed mercy like you so i would say leaders you know give an example from your own life of how you've how how something on this list how how you've you've fallen in and in that way maybe other people in your group will feel comfortable to be vulnerable and kind of accept some of their um you know some of the sin that god needs to work on their hearts with Um, do you think we should be worried about offending people with what mm -hmm. this passage says we never want it to be us who are being offensive. So if you're taking delight in sharing this list of sins that Paul mentions because it's going to put someone in your group in their spot, yeah. like then that's wrong. But Because <laughs> the temptation is, boy, I can hardly wait to go over this list because I know this person right. is in this. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. let's avoid that, that, that pitfall. But, but God's Word is offensive sometimes. And, and I, think it's, I think this is one of those passages that, that should offend us um, in, in, a, in a good way. Like we should feel the weight of... of of our um, spiritual insufficiency so that we'll cry out to Jesus for, for the grace that only he can provide. It would be easy for us to judge others mm. from this passage. We get into that, well, at least I don't do that attitude. Yeah. 
because maybe our sin that we that we like isn't listed. Mm. Uh, ours may be more of a respectable sin, like taking pride in ourselves or yeah. something like that. Um, how can we overcome that tendency? Mm. Um, and how can we help our group overcome that yeah. tendency as well? I mean, Paul helps us with that regard just in the way he writes this passage because he doesn't rank um, these sins. He doesn't rank murder over and above disobedience to parents. Like we could go around the room in your group and everybody say, oh, yeah, I've disobeyed my parents. We almost kind of laugh at it, you know. Oh, yeah, of course, kids will be kids, that kind of thing. Uh, you would disobey your parents at some point. Um, we all have. Uh, but he says all those things are evidence that we've dethroned God in our hearts. Um, and so so not to say that, like, culturally there isn't a big difference between disobedience to parents and murder. Of course there is, um, and there should be. Uh, Different punishments. Right, exactly. And that's honored in the Bible as well through the teaching of the Old Testament, in particular teaching of the law, which Paul's going to get into later. Paul's point is to see that we need Jesus. And that's the whole thing he's driving towards in Romans 1 and 2. So then when he gets to Romans 3, he's going to say, um, here's how the righteousness of God has been displayed in the gospel. God is just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. And so the point here is for us to see our need, I think, to see how desperately we need Jesus. And so the person who's, um, you know, actually murdered someone, uh, which is probably not going to be very common in your group, but they're no better off in the eyes of God than the person who's been uh, persistently disobedient to their parents. So, One idea here that's in our personal study guide and in the daily discipleship guide is the Bible skill where we're encouraged to compare related passages, uh, Ephesians 6, I mean, excuse me, Exodus 6, 6 through 7, Numbers 10, 9 through 10, and Psalm 34, 4. And we're, and we're encouraged to look for opportunities for repentance that were heeded and then compare that to verses 20 through 29 in Romans 1 where they were ignored. And it, and it helps us get a contrast of how God delivered his people when they repented versus those who didn't. Mm -hmm. And what does this comparison teach us about God's holiness, his mercy, and his justice? That'd be, an, be one thing you could do in the group time is do that Bible skill because then it gives you perspective mm -hmm. on multiple places. Once again, what you were just talking about, Drew, that the focus of this is not just to realize you're, that you're sinned, but that God provides something, God mm -hmm. provides someone, that if you turn from your sin, put your faith in him, then you can have God's righteousness. Mm -hmm. So he's establishing in this passage the need for that salvation, which is what he's done. The Bible skill will accomplish that as yeah, well. Yeah. Any other insights you would share about this particular passage that yeah, may help us? I think it's also important to remember what kind of spawned this, this teaching or what came before this teaching on, on how far the human mind and, and will has fallen into sin is that Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God to salvation to all who believe, to the Jew and to the, and to the, and to the Gentile, uh, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. And so even before Paul gets into this, he tells us, I'm getting into this because there's a Savior. And so, um, yeah, I would just encourage groups, like this is a heavy chapter. It's super important in terms of understanding the gospel but it's heavy, but don't, don't leave your group without hope. Yeah, it'd be um, easy to leave the room feeling defeated Yeah, if you don't encourage them and remind them that, that this is just the start, mm. that there's more to this. It's not just that you're a sinner, but that God provides for you. Yeah, yeah, and has the power.
Like yeah. there's no there's no one in your group. There may be some people in your group who've like really struggled with some of these sins. And the gospel is good news because there's hope for those people. Like they're not outside the grace of God. You can't outsin God's grace. That's an important thing for us to remember this yeah. week. Drew, thank you for being with us this week. I appreciate it. Uh, you're going to be back with us next week, I think, as well. Isn't that correct? That's right. And we'll looking be looking at Chapter 2 of Romans. Thank you for being with us, and we look forward to spending time with you again next week. <laughs>